The following Dharma talk was given for the Insight Meditation Community of Charlottesville, Virginia. Please visit our website at imeditation.org. So as I said at the beginning, this is the um, third in a series of ten um, offerings on what are called the Brahma Viharas. I want to give just a little summary of them all. Some of you may not have been here before. It's a wonderful month, isn't it? So not only do we get two offerings, one on the second. Susan gave a wonderful introduction to all of them on the very first uh, Tuesday, and then another one, another talk on the second Tuesday about loving kindness. And then we get Sharon Salzberg, who is the loving kindness queen, on the third uh, Tuesday, and this week we get a, a week of uh, practice together. So it's a in-depth, uh, wonderful, loving-kindness month, which is the first of the Brahma-Viharas, these uh, what are called divine abodes or divine qualities. And um, all of them are considered to be qualities of our own hearts and minds. Um, and that the uh, difficulty is that uh, these qualities get obscured uh, by all sorts of thoughts and emotions and constrictions and memories and plans and past experiences. And so the quality is a, a quality uh, that's inherent in our being. Um, and our practice is really like priming the pump, is like really kind of cultivating the remembrance and the activation of these of these qualities. So the first month, uh, the first Brahma Vihara is the one of as uh, loving kindness. The second, and the um, sometimes it can be a little confusing about what exactly you know loving kindness is, and uh, there are. Um, uh, some teachings that, are, that talk about that both the near and the far enemies of each of these qualities and the near or the far enemy of loving kindness is hatred um, the opposite if you will of loving kindness is hatred but the near enemy, enemy is sort of like this kind of sloggy um, enabling um, I'm only doing this because I love you uh, even though I'm you know, really enabling some kind of destructive or har harmful behavior. And that's actually not considered loving kindness. That's co considered the near enemy, the confused enemy of loving kindness. Um, the second Brahma Vihara, which will start in a couple weeks, um, there'll be a talk on compassion on the second Tuesday, um, which is the natural response of open-hearted care when someone is suffering. So it's not too different from loving-kindness, but a, a slightly different quality of heart and mind. And the far enemy of compassion um, is... Um, I have it backwards written down here. The far enemy is cruelty when someone is suffering. And the near enemy is pity. Hmm... <laughs> you poor you poor little thing you know which is different from really an open hearted compassion but I think it's I can't remember who's teaching I know Jeff is one of them Teresa is the other one yeah Teresa and Jeff are teaching uh, those two uh, next month the third is sympathetic joy the natural response of happiness when we encounter happiness in others especially spiritual accomplishment 
or spiritual happiness or other kinds of accomplishment, but the sympathetic joy, that kind of, you know, cavelling, I think the Jewish word, you know, is, you know, that kind of delight in other people's goodness or good fortune. Um, and the far enemy is resentment. And the near enemy is, oddly enough, exuberance, you know, this kind of, you know, hysteri hysteria. <laughs> Um, and the fourth uh, Brahma-vihara is equanimity, even-mindedness. It's not to be uh, confused with indifference or apathy. It's a sensitive acceptance that life constantly changes, um, including an acceptance of suffering that is beyond our ability to alter it, uh, of causes and conditions that are beyond our control, equanimity, um, that we're not destroyed um, by difficulties. Um, the far enemy is craving or clinging, that kind of, you know, and we kind of know that place, that kind of suffering of insisting that life work out on our own terms. Uh, and the near enemy is indifference. Uh, so there'll be more about each of those as we go forward. Um, but again, they're all these, these uh, qualities, loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity are considered to be in, inherent in our own hearts and minds. So we're just cultivating the capacity um, to activate those. And so tonight we're, we wanted to do a, a second uh, session each month that's more of a practice session. So I'm gonna invite you into some practice in a little bit. Um, and uh, this is Ajahn Chah on practice. He says, these teachings left us by the Buddha are not teachings to be just listened to or simply absorbed on an intellectual level. They are teachings that through practice can be made to arise and known in our own hearts. We ever, wherever we go, whatever we do, we should have these teachings. And what we mean by to have these teachings or to have the truth is that whatever we do or say, we do and say with wisdom and care. When we think and contemplate, we do so with wisdom and care. We say that one who has mindfulness and clear comprehension combined in this way with wisdom is one who is close to the Buddha and indeed close to our own Buddha nature, our own being, goodness of being. So in the Metta Sutta, the Buddha says, May, you know, this is what is done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace, the practice of loving kindness, um, the practice of wishing uh, that all beings are, uh, be at ease. In the Sutta it says, let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings. I just love that phrase of having a boundless heart. It just sounds like such a great thing to have. You know, a boundless heart. Um, and it sounds like a, a, an impossibly tall order. A boundless heart toward all beings 
everywhere, everybody, all beings everywhere. Um, it sounds really impossible and maybe even stupid, you know. Uh, but um, it, and it also sounds like it might be an invitation to being passive in the face of, of uh, harm. And that's not uh, how it is intended at all. Um, um, so that the invitation is to keep inquiring into this quality of loving kindness and to see how it can open our hearts and really invite um, healing for all beings. Andy Olinsky, um, who is a, a Buddhist teacher, had a really lovely article in a Tricycle not too long ago and um, I will post a link to it um, in the, uh, what do you call them, Bill? The leave-behinds. Bill, Bill invented that phrase. The leave-behinds uh, after our talk. So I'll post that for you on the web so you can find the article. Um, and the, um, the, the kind of subheading under the, uh, the title of his article was loving-kindness is a powerful practice for developing goodwill toward all, but should we extend it to include the jerks and monsters of our world? Um, I rather suspect that wasn't Andy's phrasing, um, but that that's kind of how the subheading was. I want to read you just a little bit about um, what Andy was saying about loving kindness. And basically, the bottom line for him is He's saying that loving kindness, the practice of loving kindness isn't about them. And that can be one of the big confusions about all of these Brahma Viharas. It's not about somehow kind of dropping a parachute of loving kindness out there to that person that you think really if they were different they would be better. Um, it's, it's not about trying to kind of fix something out there. The practice is really about um, what goes on in our own minds and hearts. And we can kind of notice the kind of constriction. Maybe you did as, as I was guiding you through the loving-kindness practice. We can notice the kind of constriction when we get to someone where we really don't want to offer loving-kindness. And we can kind of feel what happens to our own bodies and minds and hearts when we touch into that place. So the loving-kindness practice is actually a practice of working with that. Um, one of my favorite holiday uh, films is um, The Grinch That Stole Christmas. I actually um, am the proud owner of my very own personal copy. Um, and, you know, in, the, in, in that, uh, in that uh, program, he, he is inspired by the goodness of people and his heart grows three sizes. And it gives him the strength of 10, what is it, 10, I forget how it is, it's 10 Grinches plus two or something like that. You know, it gives him this incredible strength and incredible power. And that's really the teaching on loving kindness. You know, that it's not about whether or not we bring the goofangles and the babukles back to the kids and the Christmas tree. It's really about what happens in our own minds and hearts. Um, so that's the practice. But here's what Andy says. 
He says, wait a minute, all beings? Does this mean we have to love Hitler or Caligula or Genghis Khan? And surely there are people alive today who we don't like, who will go unnamed, and who have shown themselves to be undeserving of our respect and goodwill. Do we have to direct our loving kindness to them? Yes, the Metta Sutta says, toward everyone without exception. Metta is to be directed toward all beings, all who have come to be, with a mind unbounded toward the entire world, with no holding back, no loathing, no foe, even people we don't like. But why? Simply stated, metta practice is not about them. It's about you. You do not love other people because they deserve it or because there might be a spark of goodness in the hardest of hearts. The practice of loving kindness is for cleansing your own mind stream. It is a healthy mental and emotional state. And the more often you can conjure it up and sustain it over time, the better off you are. While radiating loving kindness in all directions to all beings, without exception, your conscious mind is bright and luminous, dwelling in a holy or godlike state. And your unconscious mind is being subtly transformed such that you are becoming a kinder person, one who will be more disposed to respond with loving kindness in the future. In order for the intentional development of loving kindness to reach fulfillment and become truly transformative, the feeling of friendliness has to encompass everyone. Hatred, on the other hand, is inherently toxic and any time it emerges from the depths of the psyche and flows into your active mind, it causes harm. So our practice is to keep noticing and working with our own ignorance and with the qualities of our own minds and hearts. It's not that these qualities, these negative, these constricting qualities are not normal. Of course they are. Um, it's just that we're capable of more. We're capable of better and we're capable of a deeper and more lasting kind of happiness. So the practice is about cultivating these qualities of mind and heart. And the um, metaphor that the Buddha used, I think Susan read this when she was teaching, um, is uh, he says, suppose that a man were to drop a salt crystal into a small amount of water in a cup. What do you think? Would the water in the cup become salty because of the salt crystal and unfit to drink? And his followers say, yes, it would. It would be really hard to drink that because there's only a small amount of water. And he says, now suppose that a man were to drop a salt crystal into the river Ganges. What do you think? Would the water in the river Ganges become salty because of the salt crystal and unfit to drink? And he, they said, no, Lord, not because there's such a big mass of water. Um, and he says, so there's the case where an individual is developed in the body, developed in virtue, developed in mind. Painful feelings cannot invade the mind and stay there. Developed in discernment, unrestricted, large-hearted, dwelling with the unlimited. So that it isn't though we're not touched by these difficult things, it's that they're really not contaminating our minds and hearts and the level of happiness. So again, meta, meta is not about them, 
It's about you, it's about our own hearts. Think of, in, of responding to injustice with forbearance, with patience, with strength, with courage, to others, to ourselves, um, but without aggression and without disdain. So I wanted to offer you two different practices tonight. Um, I will um, pass these around and then I'll tell you what I have to propose. And Judy will help and Jeff will help. Um, so there are two kinds of practices and I hope we have time for both. Um, there are a few, I put a few extra pens, I only had a few, a few extra pens on the table. So if you need a pen, you do need a pen. So if you need to borrow one, you can either invite your neighbor to be kind and share or you, there are a couple on the, there are some on the table. So the first part of the practice is I'm going to invite you to write your own loving-kindness practice. I walked you through, and I'll walk you through again, the, the, the steps to it. Um, but those were my words. Actually, they were Philip Moffat's words. I stole those about 15 years ago from Philip Moffat, and I've used them ever since with much happiness. Um, but but they're, they're still my words. So the first, you know, sort of roughly the outline is what I will guide you through, but you don't even have to follow that. If you wanted one thing, if you wanted one sentence, if you wanted three, if you wanted six, that's fine. I would only invite you to keep the language simple and to not get too much longer than maybe four, five, six at the most or something like that. Um, but so the first layer of it is um, just remembering the goodness. So when I said it, I said, may I be filled with goodness or kindness. So just take a moment and um, what works for you? And it's sort of an invitation classically. It's sort of like, may I, you start with I, may I be filled with what? So some quality of goodness or kindness. that speaks to you and that kind of makes your heart happy. What's a word that makes your heart happy? May I be filled with my kitties purring. Really, 
You can do that. You can do it however you want to. May I be filled with daffodils. May I be filled with raspberries. And then the second layer, the second part is um, a physical well-being. Some quality of physical safety, freedom from danger, uh, physical health. What would you wish in your own loving-kindness practice? And the third one is mental well-being. What I said was may my mind be strong and clear and my heart open and peaceful. So some kind of ease of mind or absence of inner anxiety or torment or sadness or May I be okay? Open and peaceful. Yeah, my words are literally stolen word for word from Philip Moffat. So you can steal mine if you want because they're already stolen. He doesn't care. They're not his either, as Jackie says. Good point. And number four and five are really kind of the same. Um, Usually what I say is, may I be happy. Um, but it refers to just having some kind of well-being, maybe ease in our lives. May, may there be ease, may there be, um, may there be happiness.
And you might even notice any quality of your own mind and heart now as we're working with this. You know, is there any feeling quality of goodness that arises? Having said that, sometimes when we work with this practice, it was true for me at first, um, you've heard me say this before, when I first seriously did the loving-kindness practice, what came up for me was hatred. So sometimes the exact opposite can come up. And so then we just bring loving-kindness to that. You know, it can kind of touch into a place of woundedness. Um, and so we can kind of think, what on earth is wrong with me? I knew enough to, not know, to know that there wasn't something wrong with me. It was just how it is sometimes. Um, so we just bring loving-kindness to that. May this, may this be held with care. May this be ease. May there be ease. Um, that's pretty intense for a while. So there's nothing wrong with you if the opposite comes up. Or sometimes we can feel like really depressed, you know. Just not worthy of this. Which is not true. It's not the Buddhist teaching at all. The Buddhist teaching is that these are qualities inherent in our being. Um, and that we can't connect with them because our minds have gotten clouded. Um, so even if it's just something simple like, may I be, may I have a nice cup of tea? You know, that's fine. If it's very, very simple. Okay? And now I'd like to read to you, um, uh, I put it at the top, um, but I want to remind you, Ayakima says, first one hears, then we might remember the teachings. Um, then how am I going to do this? If this step doesn't happen, no matter how many books or understandings, or how many wonderful talks, or how many times Sharon Salzberg comes and gives this incredibly sweet and wonderful talk, no matter how many times we hear this, it won't help anything. If the step of taking this practice and making it your own doesn't happen, it won't nourish you. Um, so it's a path. It takes time. One also knows that one's own inner being is changing as one recalls how in the past certain things would have been upsetting, anger, sadness, worry, now not so much. I've told you many times the story about the Dalai Lama who says, when I look back over the years, you know, I see that I'm not as angry as I was. You know, I'm happier. So if the step of making this your own doesn't happen, you might as well have stayed home tonight eating popcorn. So really, uh, an invitation to make it your own. And now I have another invitation. Um, as I was thinking about you know, how to make this practice, um, I was remembering a poem that Alan Bass wrote um, years ago. And it's a prayer for peace. Some of you may know it. It's quite long. And um, I made copies for you because I'm going to invite you to do something with it. 
So where's Judy when, and Jeff? Yeah, here you go. And while they're passing it out, I'm going to um, read it to you. Because I'm going to invite us to make a loving kindness prayer together that we can um, publish, if you will. Uh, that we can publish on our website. And that is sort of along these lines. Um, and I'll tell you how I'm imagining you might do it in the meantime. But um, this is, um, she's talking about praying for peace and I am going to invite us into loving kindness. She says, pray for, to whoever you kneel down to, Jesus nailed to his wooden or marble or plastic cross, his suffering face bent to kiss you. Buddha still under the bow tree in scorching heat, Adonai Allah, raise your arms to Mary that she may lay her palm on our brows. To Shekinah, queen of heaven and earth, to Inanna in her stripped descent. Hank or Wolf for the great whale, record keeper of time before, time now, time ahead, pray. Bow down to terriers and shepherds and Siamese cats, fields of artichokes and elegant strawberries. Pray to the bus driver who takes you to work. And here I think about, you know, loving kindness to the bus driver who takes you to work. Um, I've actually practiced with this as, as, I, as I go through this. I practice with this sometimes during the day. And I'll go to the grocery store and, you know, loving kindness to the person in the produce aisle or loving kindness to the guy who's filling the garlic or loving kindness to the clerk or loving kindness to that guy who um, stopped and let me pass to go to my car. You know, this kind of continual offering of May you be filled with loving kindness. Um, so I'm going to invite us, as I'll, I'll read the rest to you, but I'm going to invite us to kind of make a loving kindness prayer together that we can maybe publish together on our website. I'll tell you how. So pray to the bus driver who takes you to work. Pray on the bus. Pray for everyone riding that bus and for everyone riding buses all over the world. Sometimes when I'm walking, I think, may all beings who are walking be happy. May all beings who are taking out the garbage right now be happy. May my garbage collector be happy. Um, if you haven't been on a bus in a long time, climb the few steps, drop some silver, and pray. Waiting in line for the movies, for the ATM, for your latte and croissant, offer your plea. Make your eating and drinking a supplication. Make your slicing of carrots a holy act each translucent layer of the onion a deeper prayer. Make the brushing of your hair a prayer, every strand its own voice, singing in the choir on your, on your head. As you wash your face, the water slipping through your fingers, a prayer, water, softest thing on earth, gentleness that wears away rock. May the people in South Africa have water. Making love, of course, is already a prayer, skin and open mouths worshiping that skin, the fragile case we are poured into, each caress a season of peace. If you're hungry, pray. If you're tired, pray to Gandhi and Doris Day, Shakespeare, Sappho, Sojourner Truth. Pray to the angels and the ghost of your grandfather. When you walk to your car, to the mailbox, to the video store, let each step be a prayer that we all keep our legs that we do not blow off anyone else's legs or crush their skulls. 
And if you are riding on a bicycle or a skateboard in a wheelchair, each revolution of the wheels, a prayer that as the earth revolves, we will do less harm, less harm, less harm. And as you work, typing with a new manicure, I love this one, a tiny palm tree painted on one pearlescent nail, or delivering soda, or drawing good blood into rubber-capped vials, riding on a blackboard with yellow chalk, twirling pizzas, pray for peace. With each breath in, take in the faith of those who have believed when belief seemed foolish, who persevered. With each breath out, cherish. Pull weeds for peace, turn over in your sleep for peace, feed the birds for peace, each shiny seed that spills onto the earth another second of peace. Wash your dishes, call your mother, drink wine. Shovel leaves or snow or trash from your sidewalk, make a path, fold a photo of a dead child around your visa card, gnaw your crust of prayer, scoop your prayer water from the gutter, Mumble along like a crazy person, stumbling your prayer through the streets. So here's my invitation to you. Um, We only have a few minutes left. We have about seven minutes, but it's enough to start anyway. I'm going to invite you to turn to somebody near to you and together write, translate some of this into a loving kindness prayer. And if you feel so moved, I put my email address on the bottom of that sheet of paper, the first one that I gave to you. Um, Send it to me and we'll, Judy and I, Judy doesn't know this, Judy and I, um, Judy can do everything. Um, We'll combine it into a prayer and we'll post it in the leap behind as well. Um, So if you, you know, so write, so you play with it a little bit um, with your, with your neighbor, make something, make a prayer, a loving kindness prayer that, um, that's a bit of a play and, and a bit of play uh, like this poem. Um, write something down. And if you wanna do it later and send it to me, let me think, what's today, Tuesday? What do you think, Judy, by Friday? Friday, Friday's good. Send it to me by Friday. And then we'll, um, if we get enough, if we don't get any, then we'll just, we won't do anything. I'll just pat my kitty. And um, it's very fond of my kitty these days. Um, but um, if, you bring, if you send us some, we'll put them together. So take some moments. But do it with a friend. Do it with somebody next to you. Um, uh, make a prayer. A loving kindness prayer. Well, it would be um, waiting in line for the movies for the ATM, offer kindness. It'd be something, you know, it'd be something like that. But you can probably think of other kinds of examples, uh, you know, just from your daily life. I do it sometimes when I'm washing the dishes, you know. You know, may, may all beings be free from sticky goop that sticks on them that covers up loving kindness. May all beings who are brushing their hair, may all beings who are drinking cocoa, may all, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) 
So I just want to notice that it's 8.30 and it's our official ending time. So if it's time for you to leave, thank you. You're welcome to kind of stay and chat with your partner for a few more minutes. I did think about having you give me the papers, but um, I abandoned that thought because I didn't want to try to read your writing and type it all in and I'm not really quite that generous. Um, so um, if you... if <laughs> If you would, um, I would love to, to, you know, to receive those, and I'm happy to collate them um, and produce them. So if you have an offering, I just actually came up with a whole bunch of things just sitting here. So um, you know, send them to me, we'll put them together, and we'll put them as one of our leave-behinds. And remember that um, this practice is about practice. Um, even if it's some incredibly simple little wish for kindness or goodness or happiness, a word or a phrase that you offer to yourself or that you offer to whoever, um, it's, a, it's, it's not about them, it's about you. Uh, it's not about you, it's about me. You know, so that we really cultivate these qualities of mind and heart um, very deliberately and directly in our own experience. So enjoy, have fun, and um, we'll see you next week.